0: back to our dining room table (laughs) for another episode of so talk to me yeah
1: so 35 35 episode 35
0: i was gonna gonna say we made it but i think that's exactly what i said on the last two episodes so uh maybe that maybe that'll just be my thing episode number xx we made it this far 35 weeks in or thirty six weeks in because we missed one episode. Anyways, but we didn't miss last week, which was pretty cool. Got that in there. And we now... made it. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> already mocking me. It's been like two minutes. Uh, no, that's okay. It it probably deserves this. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, it feels like it's been a while since we recorded because technically it's been like a week and a half. Um, but also it feels like I don't have much to talk about, <laughs> which is weird because um, I've had quite the eventful week. Uh, last week, this time I was in Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. having fun, hanging out, doing some cool stuff, uh, ing it up. <laughs> uh, there, there was more than a single king size bed. Actually, <laughs> we, we all slept in separate beds, just in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> Um, and I slept very well. I don't have a problem sleeping on other people's beds. It is pretty nice actually, but yeah, I had a good time. Um, but yeah, I feel like I don't have anything to talk about. So, so if you want to reach out to us, you can, <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Um, yeah, but you also had an eventful week.
1: Yeah. Um, um, so while you were gone, a wisdom tooth was bothering me. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you were gone, I couldn't really do anything about it because I had the kids by myself. Yeah. Um, so when you got back, I made an appointment, and I got two wisdom teeth removed on Monday. Yay! And today is Thursday.
0: Goodbye, wisdom teeth.
1: Yeah. Hello, sore mouth. Yeah. And pain medication.
0: And stitches. And a gaping hole in the back of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> fun, fun, fun.
1: Yeah, so if I sound groggy, it's because I'm very tired.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're not on hard drugs. No, I'm You're not. On, what do you, what do you call those soft drugs? <laughs> I don't know. I
1: call it ibuprofen because that's what I'm taking.
0: Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a reference to Retin Link. Sorry if you don't understand the reference. That was really weird. Um, but what 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 did you call them?
1: I just called it ibuprofen because that's what it's called.
0: There you go. They're yeah. not hard drugs. No,
1: they did give me the hard Ding. drugs, but yeah, I just kind of figured since you know I'm. Taking care of our children all day long—it probably isn't a good idea. To yeah, that's true. Take hard pain medication that would make me really drowsy. Yeah. So,
0: so if anyone wants them, we can cut you a really good deal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my goodness! Don't do now that. Now we're drug dealers. <laughs> yeah, literal drug dealers. Oh my goodness. Yeah, just just joking. We're gonna flush them down the toilet or something. I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna Save do.
1: Save them for a rainy day.
0: <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> Why is the rain going up? <laughs> um, uh. Anyways. <laughs> so we joked about drugs. Um, yeah. so outside of the wisdom teeth, though, none of us have gotten sick for the like. Yeah. This is a good like week and a half, two weeks it's running. Good. I
1: guess all the no homeopathic, sickness? you know, vitamins and mm-hmm. multivitamins are working.
0: It's actually. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool of course the weather hasn't really changed i mean there were there is some rain though that can that can stir up some pretty yeah, bad but, allergies but. well
1: but the temperature didn't really change right
0: right it was just nasty and muggy yeah. which is always fun but yeah, yeah so so i i think all things considered we're doing pretty good yeah um you're just, just getting healing over. yeah our little girl turned 1 this week yeah which is crazy may night yeah, yeah, she's a year old, guys. It's crazy. Walking around.
1: Years gone by so fast.
0: Trying to talk. Yeah, I know, I know. Man, see, last year you pushed out a baby, and this year you pushed out two teeth. No, and they I both didn't push out two hurt. teeth. Okay. They were pulled last out of year, my face. Last year a baby was extracted <laughs> from you. No. And this year two <laughs> teeth were extracted from me. No, you.
1: the baby wasn't extracted
0: <laughs> from me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> the two don't to make correlate. A stupid joke. They don't they don't compare. No. Sort of. They no. both came out of your body. I mean all three of them came out of your body.
1: Okay, well within a year's. That's time. the only way that they compare. <laughs> that they relate to each other.
0: Yeah. Uh they both hurt.
1: I mean, I was numb for the wisdom tooth extraction. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. All right, so, um, (laughs) yeah, I think that's enough of that. Uh, But Josie's won, which is crazy and amazing. We're having a party on Saturday. It'll be lots of fun. Allie's looking forward to swimming in our little pools. Yeah, I
1: made the mistake of telling him that we were going to do that on Saturday. So, all day long, it's just been like, I want pool. (laughs) I want swim. Like, on Saturday, dude. On Saturday.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a two year old, so. Yeah, I was done. I shouldn't have mentioned it. It's uh, not yet formed, not yet functional. But I get to pull out the grill and grill some stuff, which will be fun. Drink some beers. Hang out with parents. Some Rita's. Children's. Yeah, some Rita's too. It'll be good. Rita Repulsas.
1: What? No. Power Rangers. No. I know who Rita Repulsa is.
0: Okay. I was about to be very disappointed in you, but I wasn't going to be disappointed on the podcast. I was <laughs> just going to be disappointed <laughs> afterwards. But I'm not disappointed because you got the reference. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> did you have any more small talk? I'm, I'm trying to think of other stuff that's gone on. Small stuff. Did you have anything you wanted to mention or talk about? or So talk to me about it
1: um i don't know i mean just ever ever since i got my wisdom teeth pulled like i've been kind of out of it and just like Mm -hmm. tired
0: (laughs) yeah makes sense
1: my brain isn't functioning as well as it usually does Mm -hmm. so nothing comes to mind right now all right yeah
0: Well, there was an interesting little anecdote I wanted to share. Um, I got it from the briefing. I know I've mentioned that podcast numerous times. It's where I get most of my news and all my stuff. Um, (laughs) Sorry, that was a weird Parks and Rec reference that didn't really make sense.
1: No, because that's not even the quote. What? It's where I get most of my food. It's where I get my food and most of my stuff.
0: Oh, Okay, there you go. There you go, from food and stuff. Yeah. Um, but this is a news podcast. It has nothing to do with stuff. I just made it to do with stuff. Anyways. Um, yeah, so he mentioned something that just kind of blew my mind a little bit. I know that doesn't make sense how you can a little bit blow your mind. But um, yeah, so he, mentioned, he was talking about statistics and how the perfect statistic is is for, Well,
1: statistics show. Statistic.
0: Yes. The perfect statistic is 40%. Because you can say that you're 40% sure about anything and you'll never be wrong. Because if that thing doesn't happen, well, yeah, you only said you were 40% sure. Like, it was more than likely not going to happen. But if it I'm does 40% happen.
1: 40% sure you're going to play video games after we're done recording this. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. I'm 40% sure that you're going to go right to bed after this.
1: I'm 100% sure <laughs> that I'm going to go right to bed after this.
0: All right. And if what you predict at 40% comes true, then you're a genius. Because you can make any bold prediction and give it a 40% chance. And if it doesn't happen, cool. No, you're you're no worse for it.
1: Actually, I take that back. You're not going to play video games right after this because you're going to edit this.
0: You're right. But there was only a 40% chance. Yeah,
1: that's true. It doesn't matter. There's still a 60% chance that I was wrong. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But it was just kind of crazy because he referenced um, just a couple um, statistics or or people who had made um, predictions and things like that in the political realm and how... They fell back on the fact that there there was one guy who had made some really bold predictions that had come true. And then he um, his prediction that um, Hillary Clinton would be elected into office back in 2016 with he gave her like a 72 percent chance. And so when he got a lot of backlash about that, he was like, well, yeah, there was still a 28 percent chance that she wasn't going to win. Like you wouldn't walk out into the middle of the street if there was a 28 percent chance you'd get hit by a car, would you? So he was kind of like playing with statistics in a way that says that um, it doesn't really matter. Like percentages don't really matter be- unless they're zero or a hundred. Um, and he used that to kind of illustrate his point. But the, he he wrapped the conversation in saying that 40% is just the absolute per 40% means everything and means nothing at the same time. You can say anything with 40% certainty because you're never gonna look bad
1: Hmm.
0: whether it happens or whether it doesn't happen and that um, like I said when I started out blew my mind just a little bit because it's so true how do you get mad at someone I mean if there's a 40% chance of rain I might be a little upset if it rains (laughs) but I don't know. That's different. I would take precautions at that point. Anyways, doesn't matter. You just Um, made
1: me want to look up the weather for this weekend.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be like downpouring on Saturday. No. Dun, dun, dun. That's how we're going to fill up the pools. (laughs) (laughs) All right, kids. Let's play in the rain. It
1: would probably still be warm enough to go swimming. Yeah, that's true.
0: That would be gross. All right, well, we can go ahead and jump into our main topic here this evening. Um, Like I said, I mean, I suppose it's not that unusual, but uh, I didn't really have anything that I needed to talk about or get off my chest or anything that I felt strongly about this past week. So um, when deciding what we wanted to talk about, um, actually this morning, as a matter of fact, Samantha posted something on my timeline on Facebook, And I read a little bit of this article and I was like, hey, we should talk about that. Let's do that. I mean, that's kind of what we did last week is we took a a little open letter and read it and kind of talked about it. And uh, that went over well. At least um, I I liked it. So um, I figured we could do the same thing with this one because I've got a few thoughts about it and uh, we can kind of process this together. What do you say?
1: I say, yay. Sorry, I wanted to rhyme it with something, but I, yay was the only thing
0: I could think of. You could have started the theme song to Arthur.
1: And I say, hey. Hey. What a wonderful
0: kind of day. day. Hey. We can learn to work and play. Hey. And get along with each other. All
1: right, let's get on with this.
0: That's uh, um, Bob Marley's brother who does that. I think it's Iggy Marley well-known fact guys listen to your
1: heart listen (laughs) to the beat listen to the rhythm the The rhythm rhythm of of the the street street. (laughs) (laughs) it's a simple Uh message okay i'm gonna stop i'm
0: done believe in yourself Okay, uh, so this article getting serious. Um, no, I, I don't know. So the article is by the Christian Post." Now I will say up front, I don't know anything about the Christian Post. I don't know um, how, you know, what type of editorials they generally like to write, so um, so I really just don't know. But the title of this article is, "Christians Much, quote, "Unhit Much." Dang it! Messing it up already. What's Christians, I know. Christians must quote unhitch Old Testament from their faith, says Andy Stanley. So uh, before we before we actually jump into this full disclosure, while I was in Atlanta last week, um, we actually went and toured one of the churches that is a satellite campus for Andy Stanley's church. So, um, and, and it was actually, they had a really cool setup there, you know, me, me being a tech guy, I liked kind of poking around and taking a look at things. And it was, um, it was really cool. It gave me some really cool ideas as well. Um, especially with like how they, um, built spaces for volunteers and stuff like that. So anyways, that said, um, I, I haven't listened to very much Andy Stanley, um, so I I I don't know from firsthand experience a lot of how he tends to teach, but he has popped up in the um, I don't, I don't know uh, he's kind of come under fire of late. Maybe mm-hmm. that's too strong of a word, but um, some people have warned against some of the things that he's been teaching um, here lately. He is just a very um, how should I put this seeker sensitive type of pastor and it shows like he he is a very successful from the from like a economic standpoint a very successful pastor um he leads a huge church with i think seven different satellite campuses which are all big campuses he's got tons of money he's a really good communicator like you know he, he's a good presenter um so I, I don't know he he's a he's a big deal in the christian evangelical realm i don't know sort of like how joel osteen's a big deal um so so take that what you will not not that andy stanley is the same as joel osteen just like i'm not say i'm not making any judgment calls at this point about his spiritual um prowess simply uh, i mean as a pastor but simply um that he gets a lot of people in his churches every week um because of the way that he can communicate He's very charismatic. Um and excuse me, he speaks with a lot of charisma. Saying charismatic <laughs> in the context of a church <laughs> means something different, and I don't mean it that way. Uh so forgive me. Anyways, I'm I'm starting to ramble, so so let's bring it back in here. So um Andy Stanley, he was preaching. And he said some things, and I wanted to talk about it. Um but before we start, again, another side note is that immediately when i saw the the headline i kind of again i don't know the christian post mm-hmm. but i get a little wary um because there are certain christians on the internet who would rather um defame someone's character that they don't like rather than to actually um assess what is being said right so I so I often take a critical eye to these types of articles because I really want to say like, are you just taking a couple things out of context to mm-hmm. put together an argument? Or are you actually taking different um, uh, main points of the speaker's arguments and, and stringing them together to say, hey, look, there's a pattern here mm-hmm. and, and something's not right. Because warning, warning people is different than defamation of character. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, slander. So, anyways, immediately my kind of like defenses go up of like, okay, is this just a hit piece? Mm -hmm. You know, because I I don't, I don't want to read a hit piece. I don't really care. What I care about is if someone is generally, or excuse me, genuinely like mishandling the truth. Yeah, especially a pastor of such a big church. Mm -hmm. So. With those prefaces in mind, (laughs) let's take a look at the actual article. Okay, it says, North Point Community Church senior pastor Andy Stanley has stated that Christians need to, quote, unhitch the Old Testament from their faith. Okay, that's kind of weird. Um, But here we go. In the final part, oh no. Okay, let me try this again.
1: In the final part of a recent sermon series, Stanley explained that while he believes that the Old Testament is divinely inspired, it should not be the go-to source regarding any behavior in the church.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think of that sentence?
1: Um, I think it's absolutely ludicrous. Really? Yes.
0: Okay. Why because is Because
1: if you read in the New Testament when, you know, Paul, Peter, any New Testament writer tells us not to do something mm-hmm. like takes uh sexual immorality, for example, how would you know what that means without going back to the Old Testament where it actually explains what Im- sexual immorality, like what falls under sexual immorality? Mm hmm. Like, they didn't, they said a sexual immorality because they already assumed that the people that they were talking to knew the Old Testament
0: laws. hmm That makes sense. Um, again, from the standpoint of where I am trying to be critical and I'm trying to um, kind of give the the speaker, in this case Stanley, kind of the benefit of the doubt. uh-huh. What he's saying here is that uh, the quoted part is that it is the Old Testament is divinely inspired. Okay, we all, we all agree with that. Um, even if he seems to contradict it by saying the go-to source, or excuse me, the Old Testament should not be the go-to source regarding any behavior in the church. Um, because I want to show him grace, I want to try and seek to understand this and paint it in the best light possible. Okay, and in a certain uh, to a certain extent I agree that we shouldn't look to the Old Testament for all of our moral standards. Okay. I, I don't think the Old Testament is the first place that we go to. We read the Old Testament as Christians through the lens of the New Testament. So Mm -hmm. Jesus even, you know, kind of redefined things. Not redefined, actually, that's that's, that's not the right word. Jesus showed that God was after people's hearts and not their actions when he said that if you look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart, Mm -hmm. right? So he's still referencing the Old Testament morality, the Ten Commandments there. But he's actually expanding it and showing that you can't keep this. Right. It's not about the action mm-hmm. of adultery. It's about the heart that seeks adultery. Right. Um, and so, so what I mean is that I agree we shouldn't just go to – our source for morality should not just be the Old Testament alone. mm mm-hmm. Right. It should be the Old Testament through a New Testament lens. So, in that sense, i I somewhat agree with what he's saying. I think it is certainly overstepping it to say it in the way that he did. Yeah. that I,
1: I think because I know the rest of the article. yeah, and yeah. I have heard this sermon
0: mm-hmm. um, parts of it.
1: right, parts yeah. of it, and
0: know his clarification points.
1: <laughs> right. I know what he's getting at yeah. with this mm-hmm. and that's why I say that it's ludicrous.
0: Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, this was my reaction when I was reading it, right? So this is the first quotation by Stanley in in the article. And so I'm like, okay, let's, let's try and give him mm-hmm. as much grace as I can. Um, especially because he's, yeah, he's the pastor of a ton of people and i really hope he's not um gone crazy on this point um so that, so let's let's continue on with the article do you want to keep reading or do you want me to
1: it doesn't matter okay to justify this stanley preached last month about acts 15 which described how the early church decided that gentile converts did not need to strictly observe jewish law to become christians This is a quote from from Stanley. First century church leaders unhitched the church from the worldview value system and regulations of Jewish scriptures, said Stanley. Uh, Peter James Paul elected to unhitch the Christian. Sorry. Unhitch the Christian faith from their Jewish Jewish script. Oh, gosh. Sorry. My. Mouth is like swollen on one side. It's hard for me yeah. to Yeah, Do you talk. want me to read it? I'm so yes. sorry. I'm
0: so sorry. Okay. So picking up where, where she left off. Peter, James, Paul elected to unhitch the Christian faith from their Jewish scriptures. And my friends, we must as well. Stanley argued that it had to be done for the same reason the church in Acts 15 did so, which was so that we must not make it difficult for those Gentiles who are turning to God. I'm going to stop right there so we can take a look at this, this paragraph here. This is where it really started to go downhill for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, one of the first things that I noticed, though, is that the writer of this article did quote a different sermon at this point because it says that he preached last month about Acts 15. So my understanding is that this is a different quotation than the one that was referenced earlier. However, he uses the same idea of unhitching the church from
1: yeah. From, well, it's a series, yeah. So it would go together,
0: yeah. right? I'm I'm again I'm just hyper aware. Like I really ho- I really don't want to see this article turn into let's pull all these quotes from various different places. Oh, gotcha, mm-hmm. and make it a hit piece. Yeah. Um, but he does use the same type of language, mm-hmm. so so I actually I don't think that's what's happening here. Um, at least from what we've read so far. Um, so, okay.
1: I don't know what he means.
0: Okay. Well, here are the words that he used is that church leaders unhitched the church. The first century church leaders unhitched the church from worldview, value system, and regulations of the Jewish scriptures.
1: I don't see how that is possible.
0: Yeah. This is where I had to like shake my head um and the key word there for me is worldview it's very okay i understand um you know like i said earlier that even we we don't necessarily go to the old testament to get our our moral code or our entire and the entirety of our morals we read it through the new testament but when you say that we need to let go of the world view that Old Testament Christians had. That are you know that the these fathers of our faith had. Ah, you're skating on really thin ice. Like I, like you said, I don't even understand how that's possible. But I, well, I, right. I don't it's see like, how you can make would, that argument.
1: Why would their world? view be different than what ours is now right it wouldn't it's not no because
0: (laughs) because we are following the same god right um and he gives us our worldview now clearly we understand things now because god has revealed it through christ Mm -hmm. that they didn't understand then but we we're all looking to the same place, right? You know, um, Old Testament Christians look forward to Christ, and we look back to Christ mm-hmm. and and in a sense, we all look forward to Christ's yeah. return. Um, so we join together in that. But uh, to say that the worldview changes, I think that's wrong. I'm just going to yeah. flat out say it yeah. that's wrong. That mm-hmm. is the wrong word to use because because worldview is so encompassing. Um, the worldview that that yeah that God gives us as His people mm-hmm. doesn't change, and um, value
1: system like is that is he talking about morals like morals change?
0: Yeah, what we see is valuable value system what where our values are. So yes, that includes morals, but it also includes priority.
1: Why would that change? Right. It, what this doesn't make any well, sense.
0: Well, because I mean, his argument so far that I can pick up on is that. And, and, okay, let's let's jump down to that. Because his argument is rooted in uh, Peter, James, and Paul unhitching the faith from Jewish scriptures, and we have to do that too. And the reason we have to do that is what, what this is quoting Stanley, we must not make it difficult for those Gentiles who are turning to God.
1: Okay. But they didn't unhitch the faith from the Jewish scriptures.
0: Right. What did they do to make it, in Stanley's words, easier for Gentiles to come to God. In particular, they did away with circumcision. Okay. Oh, circumcision well, yeah. is no longer a requirement. That does not, circumcision does that's not That's a ceremonial
1: equate, law. That's not a moral law.
0: And it does not equate to worldview, um, an entire value system. <laughs> um, See, that, that was a certain practice.
1: Well, and that's, that's something that, so I, before we started recording this, I was listening to the Dividing Line, and James White was actually
0: talking exactly about this. Um, so that'll be in our recos. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Co- go hear a much a much more coherent yeah yeah <laughs>
1: um, argument. But that's something that he mentioned was there. Mm-hmm. There is a difference between ceremonial law yes. and moral law yes, and Stanley isn't separating the two here
0: right. And that is dangerous. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm just going to say it again. Is that I, I'm, I'm trying to give grace by saying that yes, we interpret the Old Testament through the New Testament, but what he's saying here is so far outside of that. Um. It's sad to see a, a lead pastor who who wouldn't make that distinction, right? Who would just say throw away unhitch yourself from the Old Testament worldview from the Old Testament value system so that we can invite people in so that we can invite Gentiles into Christ it's like what at that point what are you inviting them into well you know what I'm sorry I'm I'm probably overstepping my boundaries because he would say Jesus like mm-hmm. his focus is Jesus and I understand that um, but Jesus without context of <laughs> Judaism up right. to that point it is um you're losing who Jesus mm-hmm. was um so much of of
1: well right who Jesus like was. you're missing why he came in the first right. place
0: <laughs> yeah he fulfilled that value system right stanley <laughs> uh mm. so yeah yeah this this is where i'm like oh this the crash and burn like let's let's keep going and see if he can like clarify what he's saying because at this point this is this is pretty bad that you don't distinguish between these things. Because and this is something I mentioned to you when you mentioned this um, earlier is that th- this has been like the settled understanding of Old Testament law for literally thousands of years. Mm-hmm. You know, for all of Christianity, Christians have understood Yes, there is a portion of the law that we don't follow any longer. Mm -hmm. That God has said, because he told Peter, that um, no longer are animals unclean. Right. And that was a picture of no longer are Gentiles unclean. Right. You know, you go to the Gentiles and Mm -hmm. you invite them in. Yeah. So we
1: no longer have to make animal sacrifices mm -hmm. because God made the ultimate sacrifice in Jesus.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so there are these things in the Old Testament that no longer carry over right. because they have been fulfilled, but that does not mean our value system changes. Yeah. I can't believe he used that phrase because that's so encompassing of, of what we believe as Christians. Like, how do you throw that away? Mm, anyways, getting a little heated here. Sorry. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going okay so for stanley the difficulty lay with the old testament and his concern that many christians are turning away from the faith because of certain passages in the hebrew bible stanley argued that the early church showed that there was a need to move past the old testament for the sake of gentile believers and that the resurrection of jesus was enough this is a quote by stanley jesus new covenant his covenant with the nations his covenant with you, his covenant with us, can stand on its own two nail-scarred resurrection feet. It does not need propping up by the Jewish scriptures, noted Stanley. <sighs> it was going so good, and then he doubled down. Um,
1: how, it, how would you even... You wouldn't know... Why Jesus need to be on that cross
0: mm-hmm.
1: without the Jewish scriptures.
0: Right. Right.
1: You wouldn't know why he was making this covenant without the Jewish scriptures. Mm-hmm. You would have no context for what's happening without the Jewish scriptures.
0: Yeah. And, and to Stanley's credit, he did say, that he was quoted earlier, that the Old Testament is divinely inspired. And his point, we have to hold really close to what he's saying here. His point is that um, we need to, his focus is on unbelievers, okay? Yeah. And so when he's talking about, um, what what is the quotation here? Um, His concern that many Christians are turning away from the faith because of certain passages in the Hebrew Bible. So he sees non-believers or apostate believers who have issues with the Old Testament. Um, And I understand that. I understand that there are people who make arguments about, well, God is a genocidal God. You know, he's, he's full of wrath in the Old Testament. Um, and he required, you know, these sacrifices. He required um, all these things. He required circumcision. Um, or there are people who are knowing who who don't know the Bible very well, who would make arguments like, "Well, how can you're a hypocrite? Because how can you say that that homosexuality is an abomination when, in the very next verse in Leviticus or in the law, I'm not exactly sure where it is, it talks about mixing fabrics in your in your, um, in your clothes. So how can you do one and not the other? I understand that those can be stumbling blocks for non-Christians, but Stanley's um, proposition is throw all that away and say it's not about any of the Old Testament. Don't focus on the Old Testament. Look at Jesus. My answer would be, well, no, Jesus fulfills these ceremonial laws Mm -hmm. but we still hold to what god has said is good and what god has said is bad right um so he just takes uh, a completely different direction instead of addressing those questions Mm -hmm. that do cause people to think and, and and to help them understand the context of the old testament and understand our new testament context and understand the scripture yeah. as divinely inspired. Instead, he just says, "No, no, no, that's a stumbling block. Throw it away. Don't even address those things. Tell them to focus on Jesus."
1: Which is basically you're just saying that it's not sufficient. Which if it if it's divinely inspired, how can it not be sufficient? <sighs> right. So he's I, contradicting himself.
0: Yes, but you have to you have to think of it from the standpoint of a man who has built his church on um, being seeker sensitive, right? Which he is extremely focused. Is a different conversation. Yeah, but I just mean he he is extremely focused on the unbeliever. Okay, so he's not even attempting to disciple, uh, right? To to have people grow in maturity because this this is an issue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, but um, I'm tr- again trying to show grace. Um this is this is where his focus is so much on the unbeliever that he's that he's saying don't even address these things don't even focus on those things focus on Jesus. And while I agree with the heart of that statement that yes we ought to always focus on Jesus. Jesus has answers yes. for you. <laughs> he has revealed himself in the scripture and he um,
1: is the word.
0: Yes. Yes. Which
1: includes so, the Old Testament. <laughs>
0: So don't unhitch yourself from the word. Um, yeah. So, and it's, it's, I don't know. I'm I'm sure my, my voice sounds very strange right now because I'm laughing, but I'm laughing because I'm frustrated, <laughs> which is weird. Um, oh my goodness. And then this last quotation, the Bible. Oh, Jesus new covenant, his covenant with the nations, his covenant with you, his covenant with us can stand on its own two nail-scarred resurrection feet. It does not need propping up by the Jewish scriptures. Ouch. Ugh. I, that is just so off base.
1: Yeah, you already read that one.
0: I know, I know. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm rereading it just, be, okay. just to, to make the point. That is a dumb thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> because like you said, how do you even know what, what his covenant is? Yeah if not for the explanation of covenant in the old testament mm-hmm. um, that last sentence it does not need propping up by the jewish scriptures i mean I, that's the foundation it's not being propped up it's being <laughs> like it's what it's built on yeah <laughs> once you take that away it's all it all falls apart mm-hmm. um unless you just turn your brain off and then you know take it for granted but whatever, um, let's, let's keep going. Let's keep going. So um, this is another quote by Stanley. The Bible did not create Christianity. The resurrection of Jesus created and launched Christianity. Your whole house of Old Testament cards can come tumbling down. The question is, did Jesus rise from the dead? And the eyewitnesses said he did stanley acknowledged that his comments may be considered a little disturbing to some and then added that for many it is liberating it's liberating another quote for men and women who are drawn to the simple message that god loves you so much he sent his son to pave the way to a relationship with you stanley said so it goes deeper the plot thickens what do you think about those senses? The Bible did not the Bible did not create Christianity. The resurrection of Jesus created and launched Christianity.
1: Um So <laughs> I'm sorry. The Bible is the inspired word of God, correct?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Which he has said. Yep. Divinely ins- inspired the inspired word of God. Who created Christianity? God. Mm-hmm. And how do we know what Christianity is from the Bible? God spoke Christianity into existence. Like I'm, I'm not saying that this like bound book in front of me created Christianity. I'm saying that God's word created Christianity. Okay. So I'm not sure exactly what he's getting at when he says that.
0: Yeah. So so you have to you have to again put it in his context in the way that he thinks in the way that he preaches, in the way that he speaks. Um so trying to do that, he's saying that okay, the Bible didn't create Christianity, Jesus' resurrection created Christianity. Okay. Again, giving him the benefit of the doubt, I agree that Jesus brought about New Testament Christianity by what he did. Like he was, he is the New Testament. Like <laughs> yeah. it is, he was the focal point of- Christ. Yes. Christian. Yes, yes yeah. exactly. We would not be Christians if not for Christ. Yes. Um, so even when I speak of Old Testament Christians, I am speaking anachronistically because again, I'm interpreting the Old Testament through the New Testament lens, right? Right. So um, so in a certain sense, I get it. Okay, yeah, Jesus is our focus. Jesus is the focus of all of Christianity. Mm-hmm. But to pit Jesus and what he did against the Bible? Why would you do that? <laughs> Again, if, if you understand that the, the Old Testament scriptures is the framework, the context that gives meaning to what Jesus did,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then, then that I mean that's that's almost nonsensical that you would say that the Bible didn't create Christianity. <sighs> yeah, it's it's very it's it's difficult. You have to just see where he's coming from. He's coming from a place that would say um, the only thing you need from faith is to understand that Jesus died for you. Um. And it's based on these eyewitness accounts that this happened. And that's what you put your faith in, not in the Bible. But, Even though the Bible is those but is eyewitness that, accounts.
1: Is that the gospel, though, that God loves you so much he sent his son to pave the way to a relationship with you? Is yeah. that the gospel?
0: Well, <laughs> um, that's the question now, isn't it? Um,
1: yeah, something that I'm going to go back to James White for a minute, something that he said in his episode, um, was that it seems like he's sort of paraphrasing some version of John
0: 316,
1: Mm -hmm. but he's leaving out. The verses before and after
0: mm-hmm.
1: like you're not getting a full picture of what the gospel is in this sentence,
0: yeah no, not not at all. I mean it is focused on again it's, a feeling yeah. like
1: he wants you he wants to create those like warm feelings inside of you mm-hmm. By saying that God loves you so much, He sent His Son to pave a way to a relationship for you.
0: Right, right. And the first part of that sentence, I completely agree. The love of God is astounding. It is amazing that God would love such, um, that God would love His enemies.
1: Yeah. But why? Why is God's love so great? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Because we're horrible, wretched sinners <laughs> yeah. that don't deserve His love,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Like, how how do you expect someone to understand and actually accept Christ when they don't know why they should in the first place? Right.
0: So I'm actually going to jump down to the next couple of sentences because this is Stanley doubling down once again. He says, "This is a quotation." It's liberating for people who need and understand grace, who need and understand forgiveness. And it's liberating for people who find it virtually impossible to embrace the dynamic, the worldview, and the value system depicted in the story of ancient Israel.
1: Well, then they probably don't actually understand grace and forgiveness.
0: How can you understand grace and forgiveness if not for the framework that the Old Testament gives you? How do you understand Jesus' sacrifice? It's because of those sacrifices Mm -hmm. that Israel was required to make. (laughs) How do you understand?
1: And God was constantly showing grace in the Old Testament. I hate it when, when people say that they don't like the God of the Old Testament or like, you know, he was a different God then or, and now through Jesus, he's this loving God. Like, no, 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 no. He's the same then now forevermore. Mm-hmm. Like he was gracious. He could have wiped everyone, everyone off. Just everyone, 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 because that's what we deserved. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: But he constantly showed grace. Mm hmm. And the wrath that he did bring upon was justified.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: Sorry, getting a little passionate over here. <laughs>
0: no, I, I, don't, I don't blame you because, again, I feel, like, I feel like this whole article is kind of a downward spiral um, because, okay, you know, he says, it's liberating for people who find it virtually impossible to embrace the dynamic, the worldview, the value system depicted in, in the story of ancient Israel. So again, he's creating this divide between Old Testament and New Testament. Mm -hmm. He's saying these people, the people in his mind are these unbelievers or these apostate believers. And he's saying these people can never accept what God did in the Old Testament. So don't mention the Old Testament. Just talk about Jesus. That way we can rope them in. That way they'll get saved. What? I mean, how can you attempt to create a Christian out of someone who rejects what God had done for thousands of years mm-hmm. up until the sacrifice of Jesus? Yeah. Now, I get you don't necessarily have to go through every single little argument with someone who's who's antagonistic against what God had how God had revealed himself before christ um i get you don't have to get into a shouting match and go through every little bit um, every little verse every little bit of doctrine out of the old testament i get that but to just throw away the old testament wholesale and to say and and to accept oh they're they're never going to understand the old testament so forget the old testament just tell them about jesus what a terrible thing to say what a terrible thing to encourage christians to do
1: You know where God first started talking about Jesus? In Genesis, Genesis. Mr. Stanley.
0: Yeah. Don't throw, oh, there's so much precious truth. That is
1: where the gospel was first presented. Yeah. Was in Genesis.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so let's keep going. Okay. Um, (laughs) Why? while noting that he believed the church needed to unhitch itself from the old testament stanley still regarded the jewish scriptures as having importance saying they were a means to an extraordinary end the jewish scriptures are the backstory for the main story stanley explained they're an important backstory they're divinely inspired they are god on the move through ancient ancient times it's the fabulous story of God the Founder playing by the rules of the kingdoms of this world to establish a kingdom not to this world, not of this world, excuse me to send a king who would be like no other king, a king who lay down his life for his subjects, a king who would introduce the entire world to God the Father. What, what, what do you think of that so far?
1: I think it's highly contradictory to what he was saying beforehand.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, the, at least to the implications of what he was saying, at the very least. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, it, I agree. It's important. Definitely, it's important. As the divinely inspired word of God, it is certainly important. Um, the
1: line, though um, God the founder playing by the rules of the kingdoms of this world. Yeah. Excuse me?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Gen- Genesis, you mean the world that he created, right? Yep, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> what? Right, and then and then he brings in his rules halfway through the book, right? Oh gosh, I mean, this is it, it's kind of. I think Stanley again is a very good communicator, and so he can say things like this in a way that you don't you don't think about the implications you don't necessarily think about. You think about his main points and how he's trying to make these points. But when you stop and take bits of it like this, when you stop and examine the words he's using, um, the means that he's using to get to his ends, I think that's when it becomes problematic. When you actually start to pick apart what he's saying, it's like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, when you actually use
1: discernment in what he's saying and actually... Research it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Because there, I mean, I've, I've sat under teachers like that or sermons like that where you don't really notice how bad it is until after you kind of stop and process it. But in the moment, you have a a, a charismatic guy in front of you. You have someone who is really passionate about it, what he's saying. I'm sure Pat Stanley is passionate about getting people into the doors of his church. Um, and I mean that with no subtext. Please don't hear me as saying saying anything negative with that um i just mean that that i'm sure he's passionate about that um and i'm sure that's reflected in the way that he speaks
1: i guess i'm just a very skeptical person <laughs> well that's, so any, that's not always any healthy sermon yeah well that's what i am yeah yeah so any sermon that i listen to i'm always just like
0: yeah wait what what are you
1: saying like is that, oh, uh, I don't know. Oh, okay, no, that's okay. Wait, no, that, that's not okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Right, and that can backfire because yeah. often you kind of have to just like get outside of your head. Yeah. Maybe that's a story I should tell about one of those speakers in Atlanta um, I was telling you about last week. Um, yeah, that was just really good. I had made assumptions about him when he came out on stage um, and I was kind of, I think the Holy Spirit kind of put me in my place. just like, okay, sit down and shut up because this guy's gonna bring it <laughs> um, anyways, uh, maybe on a on a future episode of the podcast, but um, so yes, that that can certainly backfire, and I don't want to i again, I want to give people grace. I want to think the best of them. Um, but picking this stuff apart, man, this is kind of disheartening <laughs> um
1: really frustrating
0: yeah yeah certainly so um let's let's just pick up from there um stanley's sermon was the third part of a series titled aftermath in which the pastor was trying to appeal to individuals who left christianity over what they were taught the bible said about certain things here's a quotation if you were raised on the version of christianity that relied on the bible as the foundation of faith a version that was eventually dismantled by academia or the realities of life, maybe it's time for you to change your mind about Jesus, stated North Point Community Church. Maybe it's time for you to consider the version of Christianity that relies on the event of the resurrection of Jesus as its foundation. If you gave up your faith because of something about or in the Bible, maybe you gave up unnecessarily. Okay, you are just like shaking your head and you look like you're about ready to scream. What what are you thinking?
1: If you were raised on a version of Christianity that relied on the Bible as the foundation of faith. <laughs> talking about it like that's a bad thing. Yeah. A version that was eventually dismantled by academia or the realities of life. It's only dismantled for you if you didn't have faith in it in the first place.
0: Yeah. Um, I think what he's trying to communicate here is um, he is speaking to that version of Christianity in quotation marks that would not, um, not give you any answers, but just say, that version of Christianity that says, "Well, the Bible says it, and so therefore I believe it, and I don't have to scrutinize anything that the Bible says." Let me back up. Yes, I, I I believe that presuppositionally you should accept the Bible at face value because it is God's word. Yes. Yes. So I don't disagree with that. But I'm saying there is a a type of like cultural Christianity that would say, leave your brains at the door and whatever the Bible says. I, I mean, I think we addressed some of that when we talked about like the whole flat earth thing, okay? You take these but verses- But he's encouraging first,
1: them to do that.
0: No, he's he's saying that the Bible, that version of Christianity that just says that take the Bible at face value on, on anything that you read in it and accept it as truth and don't ever um, like don't have any doubts on it. If that has turned you off from Christianity, if academia has taught you differently, then maybe, maybe that's not. Maybe you were taught incorrectly. Okay. Again, I'm trying to I'm trying to squeeze out the nuggets here of something good, and I understand from that viewpoint. Yes there there is a um, there is a very elementary, um, immature version of Christianity that would just tell you to um check your brains at the door and it doesn't it doesn't matter like why study science why you know look into these things on a deeper level why study theology why study systematic theology don't don't get don't get all mixed up in that just read the bible and the bible will tell you everything that you need for life again please understand the context in which i'm saying this Mm -hmm. um and I think Stanley is addressing that type of Christianity when he says um, the okay. Bible is the foundation of faith.
1: Well, that's not what I'm getting right from it at all. Because
0: I do think the Bible is the foundation of yes. faith. <laughs> Specifically, the words that he used. <laughs> yes, but um, but I I think he's addressing something much much narrower. He's just using broad language to address it, unfortunately, and so. I would fall under that camp broadly but not narrowly. Um not that I know everything but I I want to seek out theology. I want to seek out like and understand my faith in Christ. I yeah. want to grow and be a more mature Christian. Um and there's a version of Christianity that that doesn't do that. So I think that's I think that's where he's coming from.
1: But why why is he focusing so much on the resurrection
0: well because his focus is on the unbeliever and his argument is look to the resurrection of jesus look to the fact that we have eyewitness testimony that a man died and rose again okay now who is this person and what does he say he's so focused on someone who doesn't who has only heard bad things about the Old Testament? That he's saying, throw all that off the table. Focus on Christ, and we know that you don't you don't base the way that you see the world on scripture. So let's base it on uh, the scientific method. Okay, there is the the fact is we have eyewitness testimony that this man rose from the dead. Okay, then what did he have to say about it? This is a type of evangelism. It's evidential apologetics. It's evidential evangelism here's our evidence our evidence Mm -hmm. is jesus rose from the dead right okay so now let's follow that into what jesus had to say about you and your life and guess what he had to say he had to say that he loves you so much he's gonna die for you
1: me 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 me, yes
0: exactly and that's his that's his apologetic that's his um method of evangelism
1: so annoying because it's not about you
0: no. It's not about me. No, ultimately it's It's not. about
1: Jesus. And how do you know who Jesus is?
0: hmm Hmm.
1: Well, let's go back to Genesis when he was first mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. But again, I mean, so, so this uh, is actually, this brings it even to a whole um, bigger conversation of this is kind of, um, a pitfall when you focus so heavily, when you take a church and focus so heavily on the people who are outside the church, to the detriment of the people inside the church.
1: Honestly, I'm I'm going to be super blunt right now. Yeah, and honest. I think that if that's what you're doing, you're just a big evangelist group. You're not an actual church.
0: It it becomes more of a parachurch organization. Yep yeah
1: because a church is for making disciples yes
0: yeah and you
1: send those disciples out to evangelize
0: yes but the um the great commission doesn't say go evangelize it says make disciples disciples. (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) yeah not just get butts in the seats right and say, hey, this is who Jesus is. This is who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. But actually, like, following up with them. Yeah. Like, teaching them. Actually teaching them who Jesus is, like, yeah. throughout the entirety of Scripture. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But his from his point of view, it's knock down everything that would stumble. Like, knock down any... Um, Anything that would offend them, anything that it, that a non-believer would disagree with and just get them to focus on uh, let's meet them on their terms and their terms are, okay, what are, what's your evidence? Okay, Our evidence is Jesus. So so throw everything else away. Our evidence is is the eyewitness testimony that Jesus rose from the dead. Okay, let's focus on this. That way we can get you to come. You won't be offended, you'll be comfortable. Take a look at our presentation of Jesus. And then later you can take a look at all those other things.
1: Yeah, you'll be comfortable, you'll have a warm, fuzzy feeling, and you won't be changed at all.
0: Yeah, I have a fundamental issue, cards on the table, I have a fundamental issue with that approach to evangelism. I think that is that is wrong. I don't think that is how we see evangelism occurring in the New Testament at all. I think it does require... Um,
1: I mean, just look at Jesus. <laughs> How did he, evangel? like, how did he, how did he create the church? Mm-hmm. He took 12 men and he had them leave everything mm-hmm. to follow him and be with him all the time. He ate with them. Mm-hmm. They slept in the same place. They lived together. Like, he taught them discipled them it wasn't just a okay let me just preach to the masses this one time and then i'm done Mm -hmm. like he made disciples
0: yeah yeah and and don't hear that i'm against contextualizing the um uh, contextualizing outreach so that people can understand you but when your contextualization means that you're throwing away what you believe for the sake of trying to find some common ground, I think you've made a grievous error. Mm-hmm. Um, you ought to evangelize as if you believe what your message says. Right. <laughs> um, don't Don't throw it out the window for the sake of getting someone in the door. Um, yeah, again, I, I have a fundamental disagreement with that. Um. So, but I think we're almost done with the article here. Um. Let's see where it was. Um. Days before giving the third aftermath sermon, Stanley preached at the Orange Conference held in Atlanta, Georgia, using Acts fifteen as well as John seventeen to argue that church unity was more important than quote theological correctness. Um, another quote: Jesus prayed for our oneness that we'd be on the same page. Said Stanley at the conference last month. Hmm. This is same page on what? Yeah. This is mission critical. If they are not one, we will not win. Unity is mission critical and disunity disrupts the mission. Will we prioritize our oneness over our politics? Will we continue to allow the kingdom of the world to divide the kingdom of God that is in this world because of politics? And that ends the article
1: where did politics come into this?
0: Okay. So, so I'll be, I'll be honest again, attempting to, um, in, attempting to give as much grace as possible. I, I felt like that last portion was out of place in the article. Okay. because um, yeah, it I,
1: seemed really random.
0: Right. He's saying, and also by the way, he preached a while ago and talked about unity and, and how, um, this this made it feel more like a hit piece that's too strong of a word i don't think this was hit piece but i think i think the author of this article was was putting different quotes together and different things he had um heard andy say as a warning but i felt like this was a little out of left field cuz it was kind of like by the way he doesn't care about theological distinctions mm. you know like like the point of that that portion was well, Stanley also has said that unity is more important than than theology proper. um
1: Which apparently James White did an episode on on the dividing line, where Stan, Stanley on the that uh, specific oh okay uh, sermon that Stanley preached at the Orange Conference.
0: Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I didn't know that. But um, regardless, I felt like it's a little out of place. It. We we. There's stuff to be said there as well. You know, how do you find unity if not in the truth? Right. Um, so, but at the same time, yeah, I I mean, I agree. I don't I don't agree with everyone at my church theologically, um, but I appreciate the unity that we do have in the church that we have. Well, right, because so, we're
1: unified on the foundations. Yes, yes, exactly. It's the secondary things that we may not agree on. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. And I understand there are some secondary issues that people that, that we um split that churches split that there are the reason there are different denominations that are still Christian right. are because they disagree on secondary issues. Well, right so, like, so I get that.
1: Like baptism. Yeah. Which, yeah. But I mean obviously we're Baptists but we still consider our Presbyterian brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters yes. in Christ.
0: Like Yes, definitely. So, um, but I, th- I think that wraps it up. Unless you had anything else you want to say on that on that last portion, I don't necessarily want to touch it, except to say that I get what the author of the article was doing, but it felt a little bit like it's kind of just picking on him. Oh, felt like Richard. Stanley already Excuse dug me. enough of a grave; you don't need to pick on him. <laughs> so, that's my two cents. So yeah. yeah. All right, well, um, I hope, you know, I hate leaving things like this on a downer note. Um, what I would, you know, a couple um, ending thoughts is if you have a pastor in your life and spiritual leaders in your life who value um, truth, who value the scriptures, who value um the preaching of god's word then be thankful yes um thank god that you have such spiritual authorities in your life thank god um and and thank them excuse me thank them that they are diligent in in doing god's work because it's not easy it's not especially to be a spiritual leader um right you know you fall under much more um attack you know, get, God says, you know, don't envy <laughs> that type of position. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would just encourage you to, to encourage your spiritual leaders in the faith as well. And and um, praise God that you have sound teaching Amen. that you can get. Um, yeah, I, I don't just want to look down on the state of the American church but know that God's in control and know that he um, is restoring people. So, any parting thoughts before we, we do away with the article? No. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, do you have any recos for the good people out there? I we mean, the
1: yeah, the uh, episode of the dividing line that yes. I was referencing. Yes, um,
0: I have not even listened to it. In fact, if I had we probably wouldn't be having this discussion, frankly, (laughs) because again, I mean, just go listen to that. And it's probably way more uh, coherent and better argued. Yeah. (laughs) Better argumented, (laughs) Uh, better argued than, than us here. It Um, definitely is.
1: Um. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah. Um. I stole some of his thoughts. Nice. Nice. Um. That's awesome. Mm. But what was I going to say? I think it was today's episode.
0: Okay. Yeah, I guess that's why I haven't listened to it.
1: Yeah. Cool. see, there today or yesterday. Check it out. It's like the newest episode, yeah.
0: Okay. Awesome. Link in the show notes. Go listen. Um, I've got a couple recos. I finished up a book on my trip that I've been reading for literally like two years. <laughs> um and i say reading i mean there were spurts of like six months where i wouldn't read it at all so it, i mean it just it's because i'm lazy basically um but there's this book that actually came highly recommended from um another podcast that we love uh rest in peace the rugged marriage um and alex had had recommended this book and i remember picking it up after he recommended it and then not reading it for a while, um, but it is called "The Disciplines of a Godly Man" hmm. um, by R. Kent Hughes. I have no idea who that man is, but he has written a fantastic book. Yeah. Um, it it focuses on a number of different areas um, that we ought to be spiritually mature in. Um, it does say of a godly man, and his foc- he does write to men. But that does not mean that you have to be a man to read it. Um, similarly to what accidental feminist, you know, mm-hmm. she writes uh, Reisig, right? Reisig wrote that. Courtney, book. yeah, yeah. So she she writes to women, but I read the book. Um, so you just understand that that's that's the viewpoint she gives. Mm-hmm. Um, understand? I mean, there's a chapter on here and like fatherhood or something like that. You know, you're not gonna. It's not gonna be applicable to you necessarily, but you can encourage the fathers in your life. You know, something like that. Anyways, uh fantastic book. Um, it has, it It lists a number of different disciplines and then like each chapter is on a different one. And I feel like each of those chapters like almost could have been a book in and of itself hmm. um, because there was so much information. It felt like it was really well-researched and there were many moments of just like smacking me in the face and being like, dang, I am undisciplined <laughs> Um, because this is really good stuff. So- that comes highly, highly recommended. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> um, my second, re, second recommendation is um, go see Infinity War. Because it was pretty good, man. I saw it on my trip, and um, I enjoyed it a lot. It did some things that I was very surprised by sitting in the theater with my friend um but no spoilers so just go see it it's good if you like comic if you've seen other marvel movies if you haven't seen any of them you're gonna be lost and don't watch it but if you like marvel movies and you haven't i don't know how you haven't because spoilers are everywhere on social media i haven't but go see it well right but you're also not a big fan of comic book movies
1: nope if it's on Netflix and you want to watch it, then I'll watch it with you. But nice. I'm not like, yeah, let's go see the new Marvel movie. Yeah.
0: I I definitely um I wasn't I was I wasn't sure what to think about or to think of it because there're just so many freaking um superheroes nowadays. But uh no, they did a really good job. If you know these characters, you will they they actually act like themselves so good one all right you're tired and there's a 40 percent chance you're just going to fall asleep right now so we should probably head out unless you have any other recommendations all right well mm-hmm. if you want to talk to us you can reach out to us on twitter our handle is at so underscore talk to me or you can email us at so talk to me podcast at gmail.com so until next week guys Go talk to me. I mean, someone else. Don't talk to me. You can't talk to me. Go talk to your spouse. Good night. Night.
1: good afternoon or good morning or see you later. (laughs) I don't know when you're listening to this.